broadcasting from an undisclosed location in the heart of Dixie. I am Michael, and I'm here with Liberty Larry. How's it going? Doing okay. I'm real. I haven't. I haven't had a lot to drink over the last week or so, except for Nyquil. Oh yeah. And I'm realizing that 120 proof seems different when you haven't been drinking very much. <laughs> yeah. Now you know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got to I got to start drinking more to get back <laughs> you got, to back get your, to level. Got get your tolerance back. Uh, <laughs> get your palate back. It's still very tasty. It's just it's just a little hotter than it's it usually little, feels. Yeah. Now, this, this one this one to me tastes a little hotter than what I'm used to. Yeah. So it's 120 proof. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Like I said, I'm not saying I don't like it. Yeah. No, I think most of what you drink is hovering around 100, though, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, absolutely. M- most so. of what I drink is 110, 115. So it's, I'd say it's hot for even, even yeah, for you. Yeah, it's a little hotter than what I usually drink, too. But yeah. I mean, it, it, well, you know, it kind of depends on the, um, I'm going to drop a name here in a minute, too, even though I'm not getting paid for this. But um, it, it it depends on the, like, some brands are just better about that than others, even when they're really high proof. Yeah. I have, um, I have three different bottles of Elijah Craig barrel proof, and they range from, like, 125 proof to, like, 130, I don't remember, close to 140, I think, like wow. 136 or something like that. Yeah. And um, they never drink that hot. Really? Like I, yeah. I don't know the Elijah Craig. They're just so flavorful. They never they you never just, really just taste kind of miss that, that high alcohol. Yeah. They yeah. just yeah. yeah. Um, just why I like them so much. They're so tasty. Anyway, yeah. uh, and of course you know you can just you can always go buy the over the counter ninety four proof Elijah Craig. It's perfectly good and reasonably priced. Yeah. But if you find a, a barrel proof or a, a single barrel somewhere, pick it up. That's, <laughs> you that's really worth ought it. to pick it up. Yeah. Um, that's my recommend. That's my whiskey recommendation for the day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, this that, is not that. This is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something else. Um, yeah. it, it is also a, a single barrel pick, though. It's good. I guess um, so. Yeah. I so, know, somebody so at the ABC does a pretty good job of doing choosing the barrels. Those. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I don't know if they actually have somebody that. God, I would love that job. That's the government <laughs> job that I would happily take. <laughs> right. Is go taste barrels for um, mm. for single barrel selections for the state. But I, I do kind of wonder if they even have somebody that does that or if, uh, if they just get sent, you know, if they just say, Hey, we want a single barrel and the, um, master distiller at the distillery picks. That would probably one. be my guess if yeah. I had to just take a guess. But, uh, but there's always that dream job out yeah, there for that's Mike. A, like, that's, a, that's my new dream <laughs> if, job. If anybody from the States listening. <laughs> Back when I was younger, it was camera crew for the travel channel. Oh, yeah. 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 I didn't want to be a cameraman because then you're kind of stuck, yeah. like looking at whatever you're supposed to be looking at. Yeah. Um, I was more like, I like, I want to carry battery packs or, or cables or <laughs> be something. Be like an so assistant that, or something. Yeah, so that I could look around yeah. as we so travel. When, so when the action's place. going on, you can kind of just wander yeah, off and I'm, do your thing. I don't have to focus on something particular except for staying close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. I don't have to look at anything specific. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that that kind of job really exists anymore. Like yeah. everything's gotten so... Digital. Yeah, and compact. And, as, well, that, as yeah, a that's result, real, when know? I say digital. That's what I mean. Like, just yeah. like there, there's not as much equipment to tote around. Exactly. Yeah. Travel Channel is now like one guy. <laughs> yeah, with the GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh gosh. Yeah. 
No, it can't be because those aren't very high quality. Well, I bet the good ones are. Well, that might be true. Yeah. Um, tested one a, a while back, and it would. It did not. You weren't impressed. It did not fill the role that it was. <laughs> yeah. It was purchased for. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't a high enough quality uh, yeah. uh, image. Yeah. To do what what we wanted to do with it. Oh well. Yeah. Oh well. Um. So, did you catch uh, Biden's January 6th speech? I did not. Me neither, but I've heard some highlights. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's... No, I missed it. I missed the last debate. I've just been distraught oh. since yesterday because of the big news that came out that we should probably spend an entire podcast on, but I guess we won't. Nick Saban's retiring. Why in the world... <laughs> We've already spent too much time. <laughs> We've already it. spent too much time. Uh, you live in this state. How are you not like... Yeah, because I just don't care, man. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I watched a college football game. Oh, um, well, You won't see any more from a Coach Saban coach team. I, I watched a pro football game while I was visiting my brother in Ohio in September, I guess it was. Yeah. That was the first pro football game that I'd watched in, I don't remember how long, like years yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was always a bigger pro fan than college fan. Yeah. Well, I am now. Like I said, I definitely, I still enjoy college, but I've definitely became more of an NFL fan. I didn't, I guess I didn't go to a school with a football team. So, I mean, I, I mean, didn't go to a school that had a football team when I was there. They have a football yeah. team now. No, um, I've lived in Alabama all my life. It's one of those, you live in Alabama and you end up picking a side, you know. I've lived in Alabama most of my life. You should have picked a side. <laughs> I, I actually, I rebelled entirely, like, going through middle school and high school where they made events of the team. college football yeah, yeah. things um, in school and so forth. Yeah. And so it'd be Alabama-Auburn, and I would, like, you know, get some FSU apparel or something just to... <laughs> just to be Georgia different. Tech, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, uh, I bet there's some Georgia not, Tech stuff sitting around your house. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, grad, my dad graduated from Tech, yeah. so... Um, yeah, so it would be... Yeah. Just something to be like, not not even picking SEC school, you know? <laughs> right. just going completely a wall. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is fun, um, although not totally. I mean, it's just yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this uh, this speech was, I, I guess, setting laying the groundwork for the way the campaign what. What Biden's he's planning plan on for the campaign. On. Yeah, um, I mean, I did hear some clips from it and whatnot. I mean, yeah, he seemed a little more livelier than normal. Yeah, they must have drugged him up good for this one. Had to. Maybe, they, maybe they're finally like really homing in on what that dose should be. <laughs> right. I don't know, yeah. but uh, it seems that the campaign is going to be Trump bad. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's the campaign it. plan. Trump yeah. bad. Yeah. You well, gotta, you gotta pick me, cause Trump bad. Trump bad, yeah. Orange man bad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and he he went through some. Oh man, but like some of the claims that he made about what happened January sixth was just. Yeah. You know, it's one of those uh, just keep repeating the lie, keep repeating the lie. Yeah. Um, he went to uh, funerals of officers that died as a result of January sixth. Does he mean like, officer? Uh, <laughs> these well no he said i, I think one, he said two actually really? i think he specifically said two there was only um, one right 
Well, he didn't was even there, die or was there any? 6th. Oh, he died days after. That's right. He, I remember that. He died the that. next day. Was it the next day? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, it was something that there's they can't possibly connect it to oh, no, the events no. of January 6th. Yeah. And then um, some officers committed suicide. And so, but again, like, yeah. these connections are spurious at best. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I don't remember. Like, he was touting the numbers. And this this is where I started to, like, look into things. Um and I found this, I think all this, all these things are kind of connected in my head, which they probably shouldn't be. But he was, he was like, you know, 1,200 people have been arrested for crimes related to January 6th and 900 have been convicted. Um, and we've sentenced them to, <laughs> you know, 840 years of, of uh, prison time for the offenses. And, and I was thinking, all right, well, first off, like if you've sentenced 900 people and the total is... 840 years like that yeah. means that they're getting less than a year each how yeah. how serious are these crimes and we know that you know some of the crimes are like parading without, <laughs> without license. a permit so, yeah. yeah without a yeah. permit there you go yeah. um and things like that but well uh i mean i kind of this is somewhere where once again trump's just a genius as far as i'm concerned where he's calling these um people that's been arrested political prisoners mm. um and I mean, you think about it like beyond just like marketing, like that, like it really kind of rings true to an extent. Like the the it's one of those things on the offset when you hear him say it, you're like, oh, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. But then the more you think about, it, you know, well, it ain't that far off. Well, there there's plenty of people that okay, let's go into this one because this is the one that really stood out to me. Like I learned something the other day yeah. about how, where one of these charges comes from. And I was kind of blown away. And I imagine that it's little known. So I'm going to share it with all the people that are listening here. I'm excited. I'm ready to learn. All right. So a quarter of the of the peop, of these 1,200. Yeah. So it's like more than 300 charges yeah. um, of uh, related to January 6th had a charge of obstructing an official proceeding. Probably heard that one before. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, so in the, the average... Um, prison sentence i think for this obstructing a uh a um an official proceeding uh was 39 months so more than three years yeah now first off before we even move past that point yeah. um there was the uh the military guy just recently that um was convicted of selling secrets to the chinese and got six months yeah is that the one with the gold bars in the house no 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 no, no, it was a military officer. It was a military it, officer. Yeah, yeah that a, was a, like a senator. Senator. Or something. Yeah, that's senator. right. That's right. Um, I get all these things confused. So yeah, it was Senator Menendez. That's who you're thinking okay. of. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, got six months for selling military secrets to the Chinese. Now that is actual treason. Yeah. Agreed. I think we'd all <laughs> agree on that. Yeah. Right. He got six months, but obstructing yeah. an official proceeding. Yeah, these people have gotten an average of more than three years. Well, that that just goes to show how serious we take our democracy. Well, here's where that charge comes from. All right, this is the interesting part. That well, I yeah. found this really interesting and kind of disgusting, but really interesting. So that charge arises out of uh, some legislation that was passed um, with Sarbanes Oxley in 2002. Yeah, and the legislation was written. Um, because some of the corporations, 
that were being investigated by the Securities and Exchange Commission destroyed documents that were being sought after by the Securities and Exchange, by the SEC. Yeah. So they took a law that was written because some companies destroyed evidence. <laughs> they were doing the in related thing. to an investigation that was being yeah. done by um, by a federal agency. Yeah, and like and have they have reapplied this yeah. in some way to people interrupting the uh, official proceedings. Yeah, the confirmation of, the of the electoral yeah. college. Yeah, that's just wild. <laughs> All right, and um. <laughs> And it wasn't real clear in one of the articles that I read, but one of the articles I read suggested that the Supreme Court may be taking up a case that where they could strike down this interpretation of the law, which yeah. would mean that all of those charges would just be thrown out. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it seems like, I mean, if if these people were in the building and doing things they shouldn't have been, like, it seems like you should be able to charge them for that. Like, why wouldn't you charge them for just that and not Well, that's this? being charged, too. So th this is where they're just trying to stack the charges. Oh, of course. I mean, okay. everything is just, like, add, yeah. add new stuff, add new yeah. stuff. Parade without a permit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so, um, anyway, I that's <laughs> that's such a ridiculous application, Yeah, it seems to me, of this, that they have completely twisted the purpose of the legislation and tried to apply it to this to, you know, yeah, to stack to charges, stack charges and, yeah. and stack prison time and, and so forth. Yeah. Um, and I just, I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. I it is written to prevent, it, it was written about, um, about entities under investigation by a federal proceeding. Yeah. An official proceeding yeah. destroying evidence. That's what it was intended to punish. Yeah. That, that's just crazy. But now it's entering the Capitol on a day when they're doing stuff. <laughs> all right. Essentially. Yeah, yeah all right. You know. um, and I don't want to dismiss some of the things that happened during January 6th. There definitely, obviously, there was some violence and property destruction. And Yeah. And those people should be charged and held accountable. Absolutely. The problem is, is they're probably all feds. Well, uh, <laughs> there might be. Our, our buddy uh, Ray Epps only got six months. Exactly. And I'm there's just tons of video of him encouraging people to go in. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, like I say, I guarantee you there's more Ray Epps out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty so. certain. Like, well, the, um, I think it was Massey in the... Um, in the House of Representatives hearings on this that was pressing the FBI uh, director about how many federal agents were there. Yeah. And he was like, well, we don't comment on a, an ongoing investigation. investigation. Yeah. He's like, well, can you tell me that there were no federal agents? We don't comment on no. a federal investigation. <laughs> Massey was like, well, okay. So that obviously means that there were. Because exactly. if there weren't, you would just say no. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the only question yeah. is how many. And like I say, I don't know. I don't pretend to know the answer, but it this has all the hallmarks as far as I'm concerned mm -hmm. of, of some form of inside job. There's a um there's a whole book about uh the FBI entrapment schemes. Yeah. Uh, that have run since the terror wars began. Yeah. Where they find some dupe who's upset about something and then you know, rile them up and, and, you know, if some, generally some young guy, not too bright. 
Yeah. Uh, complaining about whatever it is that the U.S. is doing, you know, killing his family in Yemen or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, man, it's you know really terrible what they're doing there and there. Somebody should do something. Yeah, man, somebody <laughs> should do something. And you're like, yeah. well, you know what? I can, somebody. Get you, I can get you a bomb if you want to do... Like, yeah. those people probably would never do anything on their own. Yeah. And they get talked into it and then held yep. accountable. And the FBI says, well, we're, you know, we're just weeding them out before... Yeah, this goes you, into a pre-crime type yeah, deal. Um, yeah, before they, they come to this conclusion on their own. And yeah. you kind of... You go back to some of the economics lessons about um, uh, the opportunity cost, yeah. right? So we hear over and over again when something does happen that yeah. this person was on the FBI's radar, but they, you know, th there's too much going on for them to have done anything about it or whatever it happens to be. Now, yeah. I think most of the time it's just like that person hasn't actually committed a crime yet. And so I'm okay with them not doing anything about it yeah. because I'm, I'm opposed to this whole, we think somebody's going to commit a crime and therefore we, yeah. we know, have to act. Yeah. yeah. We, we punish them in some way because we think that they will commit a crime. Yeah. Um, However, if they're going to go around and they're going to say, well, we just don't have the resources to manage all these things. Well, maybe if you didn't spend some of your resources talking people into <laughs> terrorist acts, yeah. you would have more resources to spend on these other things that you don't have enough resources for. Right. Yeah. Any, wow. That was really loud. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if that one got picked up by the microphone, but it seemed loud. It scared me. Anyway, the, this whole this whole thing seems to me so absurd, and and of course we've seen now why they kept calling it an insurrection over and over and over again when it obviously wasn't. Yeah. Riot at best, even that I think is kind of strong it's an language. Statement, yeah. Uh, just based <laughs> on the video that I've seen, like again, it's not to dismiss the violence and property destruction that that ha that actually happened. But the way it, the the presentation of this event has been greatly exaggerated yeah. in terms of how much violence and destruction actually was going on and how, um, uh, I guess, just the behavior of the crowd generally. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, yeah. Okay. I hope people out there listening that made sense to them. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he gets to see my hand signals and stuff like that when yeah. I, you know, when, and when I, I click the applause button. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so then <laughs> I was looking again at this 14th amendment stuff and, uh, you know, I pointed out before that it, it, seems to me explicitly omits the president yeah. in the section three of the 14th amendment. Yeah. Um, when it's talking about the offices that can't, the offices that can't be held by somebody who has been involved in insurrection against the United States. So yeah. leaving aside the whole question of whether you can say somebody was involved in insurrection against the United States without due process. Yeah. Um, the, and whether or not, uh, you know, I think then you have to address the question of, well, it explicitly says senators, congressmen, electors of the president, and this is what they're hanging their hat on, is uh, offices 
of or under the United States, office of the United States, office under the United States. These two phrases are used throughout the Constitution. Yeah. And so that's what they're that's what they're kind of hanging this on is that the president is an office under the United States or of the United States. Yeah. So I, I was kind of looking into the historical aspect of this, and I, I found a really nice article by an attorney um, who said that there's actually like strong historical evidence that the president isn't an office under or of the United States. That the you know our founders were pretty careful about their language. Um, yeah. that they used and uh, and so there there were a number of points that were made and I'm I'm not going to cite them all but here's one that I think is a really good one yeah is that when Alexander Hamilton was the secretary of the treasury under George Washington so the first the presidential first president, yeah. administration yeah he was asked to explicitly to make a list of all the quote offices under the United States. Yeah. And so he made a list of offices that excluded every elected office. It was only appointed offices that they that he listed yeah. as offices under the United States. Yeah. Um and so there there are several other examples where this phrase was specifically used to um refer to appointed offices. Yeah, and, and not elected offices. And never used to to uh, refer to elected offices yeah. in the original constitution. Yeah. Now, so then this guy goes on and he says, okay, so our founding fathers were um, uh, talented litigants and very, uh, very smart and careful about their language. And they knew that they were writing a contract. And so they were compact yeah. technically, um, but uh, so they were very careful about their language and used phrases specifically to mean certain things. Yeah. Right. Like this phrase, office under the United States. Yeah. Or office of the United States. Like I said, those are yeah. kind of used interchangeably. And they said, so he, he said, so you could, you could make an argument that um, when the 14th Amendment was written, that those, um, those legislators weren't as careful about their language, weren't as talented uh, litigants as the founders were. Yeah. Um, and so may have been, you know, uh, used phrases with less specificity. Yeah. But they used this phrase, and he said, you know, precedent has held that whenever one of these later amendments uses language that was used in the original Constitution, uses one of these phrases that's used in the original Constitution, that... Um, precedent has said that then the usage of that will be assumed to be the same as that of the original constitution. As it should be. Yeah. I think. <clears throat> so, but I was thinking about this. Uh, and, and so the, the assumption here, the argument here, and I think it's a strong one, is that the, the president is specifically actually excluded from the 14th Amendment language about insurrectionists not being able to hold office. Yeah. Um, generally because the assumption was at the time, like um, they were trying to keep Confederates out of office, right? Yeah. Like people who had previously taken an oath to the Constitution and then rebelled against it. Yeah. Uh, and the assumption at the time, because the the population of the North was like more than double the population of the South at the end of the war, 
that they didn't need to specify the president because there's no way a Confederate would have been elected president <laughs> in a nationwide election anyway. Yeah. Yeah. They just had the numbers. Yeah. Um, and uh, since the the states specify the, the way presidential elections are run within their state, um, that it could create a conflict kind of like the conflict that we're having now where yeah. states disagreed on whether somebody was disqualified or not. Yeah. All right. So, but, but this is the part that kind of stood out to me that I kept thinking about. And it's like, okay, so our founding fathers, the, the writers of the constitution and the, that first generation of, of, um, Americans were talented, intelligent litigants that were very careful about their language. Yeah. And then, you know, a little less than a century later, the uh, the the people um, holding elected office, the legislators that were then um, legislators in the United States, weren't as bright. Yeah, were less careful about their language, less talented litigants. And I thought, well, okay, so the guys that we have in office now. <laughs> <laughs> are like the um, equivalent of the attorneys that have the big billboards that say, call me if you've been in an accident. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, like that, that's the, that's, that's the, the level. That's the quality of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of officer of legislator that we have in the United States at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that made me laugh. Have... And then it made me sad. <laughs> how far we have fallen, <laughs> man. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, it, it, there is definitely something to say be said about like we just don't have in impressive elites anymore. Like, I mean, we have these people that are in these offices and hold these positions, but I mean, very very few of them are impressive people. There are some. I'm not saying yeah. there's none. I'm, but just generally speaking, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, you look at the founding fathers, and they were generally. Well, they were like normal, overwhelmingly well accomplished really in impressive their, people. Well, yeah, they were accomplished in their own right before mm -hmm. they had became whatever they were as as founders. Yeah, you know, and and that's like that's not the case now. Yeah, like, I mean, if you at least for the like I say, I'm generalizing, but for the most part, now you're you're essentially trained, yeah, to be a demagogue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's a pretty good way to put it. And uh, the, these people aren't actually accomplished on their own for the most part. No. I mean, and that's why I have respect for uh, somebody like a Thomas Massey. Yeah. Um, who was a, a, like a summa cum laude MIT grad and yeah. a very talented engineer and yeah. so forth before he became... If anybody hasn't seen his house, it's worth. I don't know where you oh, find yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a you, good question. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where you find it, but I'm sure you could Google it or find it. It's out there because I've seen stuff on his house. It's freaking insane. Yeah, man. it's entirely self sufficient. Yeah, he used like a a wrecked Tesla motor to like power the whole thing. Like it's mm -hmm. it's just, and he did it all himself. Like, yeah, and he generates the the his home generates its own electricity and feeds back into the grid into and the grid. Like, yeah. Um, and it's a, like a big farm too. It so is. he produces yeah. his own food there too. And like, yeah, uh, yeah. it's, it's cool. Like it's definitely, <laughs> that guy's like, interesting anyway. And that, yeah, that just adds to, that just adds another yeah. layer to it, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so yeah, it, that's exactly 
my point though is that the the people that <laughs> the people that are leading us now are just not the people that you want leading. I yeah. and and that's kind of I keep coming back to this um, presidential ballot thing, but the truth is I don't care if Donald Trump's on the ballot or not. Yeah. It just it just does not affect me one way or the other. The thing that bothers me the most about the whole situation is that I cannot believe generally, and I cannot believe even more that people are satisfied that the best this country has to offer to lead this country going forward is Joe Biden or Donald Trump. <laughs> Again. I mean, look at the last few elections. I mean, that was the last election that's on tap to probably be this election. Mm -hmm. And then before that, it was Hillary and Donald Trump. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't care much for, um, for Barack Obama, but there is some impressiveness in him. He's a very charismatic figure. He's a very charismatic figure. He did kind of do things before he was a politician. Yeah. Um, he's a very talented speaker. Yeah. Um, and uh, he he's funny. Yeah. I mean, but Donald Trump's funny, but that's in kind of a but different it's, way. But it's a completely it's like different a, yeah, it's way. A, yeah. <laughs> it's like a lowbrow humor, you yeah. know? Um, well, it's, like, it's like watching the Blue Collar Comedy Tour <laughs> instead of watching George Carlin. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're getting a whole other level of, <laughs> of uh, intelligence from it. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, but, but what Donald Trump represents is important, though. Because at the at the like root of what Donald Trump represents is a middle finger to the establishment and to kind of the way things have been done the past couple of decades. And there's there is something important about that. Like I say, I'm not saying yeah. I'm a big Trump fan, but I don't hate the guy. And there's something to be said about, you know, just screw the system as it sits, you know. Yeah, but he's ineffectual. Oh, absolutely. So even 100%. I mean, it, it makes a statement, I suppose, that if the country votes for this guy that's given a big middle finger to the establishment, but he does he's not capable of doing anything about it when he's in office. Well, it it does go to the question of and it's it's easy to say in Donald Trump's case because it's true that he just wasn't well versed enough in the issues and how the the levers of power work mm -hmm. to to be effective. Yeah. Like that's a that's a very strong case. But it does you have to at least consider the fact that that maybe there's not anything that can be done. Like that maybe regardless of who you put in there, would they really be able to make real change. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, say what you want about Trump. I, like I say, but he, I do think he wanted to make real change. Um, and I, there is definitely an argument to that. He just didn't understand how. Yeah. He, he was, he was an ineffectual leader as a politician. He was like, I, I'd never argue against that. And, uh, I, I think the, the best thing about this situation with them trying so hard to get him off the ballot is that it really draws attention to this idea that the establishment of this country promotes democracy as long as you pick the right thing. Yep. And it, it's really drawing attention to this idea that if we, the people, choose unwisely according to the leadership, that they'll just say, nope, throw that one out, let's do it again. Or yep. we just take away the options that we don't like. Yeah. 
And well, uh, and that's really the direction we're heading. Mm-hmm. Is take away the options we don't like. And so pretty soon you you got this North Korea style election where you're like, yeah, we, you know the <laughs> the one guy we put on the ballot for you to choose got ninety something percent of the vote. It's, yeah. it's an overwhelming majority. Like how can you complain about what happens yeah. from there? Yeah. Or you know, like Hillary Clinton did that years ago. Um, well, and I talked about the example of Vietnam, um, South Vietnam, just a couple of podcasts ago, and then. Um, Hillary Clinton did that with Yemen uh, after the, you know, like had the elections after they overthrew the existing leader of Yemen and, um, and only had one guy on the ballot and touted it as a, as a, a win for democracy. Yeah. What? (laughs) That's because Hillary Clinton knows that's the only way she's going to win. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't her. She wasn't on the ballot. No, I'm just but, saying. But she knows like I say that. Like, I, I wish I'd she, looked that stuff back up because you know I'm terrible with names. I, I really ought to be able to identify the the two guys in Yemen that this was were. between the guy that got overthrown and then the guy that they put on the ballot instead. Yeah, um, just left alone on the ballot. But there was like there was she literally had posted a picture of the ballot with the one name on it. Yeah, right. This is democracy in action. Yeah, democracy at work. <laughs> whatever jesus yeah um and that's just that's just how they think of it i guess we're democracy is a justification for whatever comes after it yeah that's all democracy is to the leadership in this country it it, it's not meaningful in and of itself it's not really meaningful to me personally just because a whole bunch of people want something doesn't make it the right thing anyway yeah i've seen a whole bunch of people make decisions before it doesn't usually end (laughs) well (laughs) uh so i mean something's immoral whether everybody picks it or not yeah like you know things that are immoral are immoral no matter how many people want it yeah exactly so I, I'm. I don't think history is littered with those. Yeah, democracy yeah. is not the answer to anything significant, but I mean it does reflect the popular will in some way. Um, I was going somewhere with that, and I sidetracked myself. Yeah. Ah, that's too bad. I was on a good <laughs> rant, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it, the w- yeah okay. So what democracy is for the leadership though is it's just an excuse for whatever follows. Yeah. Like they do what they want after the election, um, where you choose the person that they that they approve or between the people that they approve. I mean, yeah. what what better election could the establishment possibly want in this country than an election between Joe Biden or whoever and yeah. Nikki Haley? Oh yeah, like that's a, that's a total slam dunk for them. Yeah, they yeah. win no matter what. It doesn't matter. And yeah. then the fact that one of those people was elected provides the excuse for whatever they do after that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, well, of course we threw everything that we had into Ukraine and into Israel um, and bankrupted this country, but you voted for this because both of those people promoted those ideas. Yeah. And you voted for this one that's in office now, so therefore you obviously wanted that. No, no, I didn't have any other choices. Yeah, exactly. And me personally, then I get dismissed entirely because I'm like, well, I didn't vote for either one of them. Yeah. Oh, well, you don't. Yeah, exactly. You don't get a voice because you didn't vote. You had your opportunity. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I probably will vote. I generally vote, but there's certainly I didn't vote in 2020. Yeah. Well, you voted for the libertarian, so you threw your vote away. Well, I didn't vote for the libertarian in 2020 either. I didn't vote for Joe Jorgensen either. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you vote for? I didn't vote for anybody. I didn't. I didn't left it. I didn't vote for the president in 2020. Oh wow. Okay. 
I didn't I, vote there was for, nobody that for, I wanted to the, be in that office. For the record, I didn't vote for Jorgensen either. So, but <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I should have. I probably should have written somebody in. That's what I usually do when I can't find anybody on the ballot that yeah. I want. I write somebody <laughs> in. I should have written in Ron Paul or something. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, the that's the that's the other way that it comes around is like okay. You gave me two choices and they're both miserable choices and I didn't choose either one of them. And I'm like, well, then your opinion doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Well, okay. So how do I, how do I win? How do I make my voice heard yeah. in this? I mean, my voice certainly isn't heard by voting for, um, Joe Biden or Nikki Haley or Donald Trump or whoever it happens to be. Yeah. Uh, my voice isn't really heard by voting for Joe Jorgensen or whoever the libertarian candidate happens to be either, because those are just like lost on their way to the counting or whatever. It doesn't sure, even right. really matter. Or because I didn't vote for one of the major parties, I'm told that you didn't vote for anybody that had a chance of winning anyway. So obviously your, your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So, but I didn't want either of those. Like, yeah. What do I have to do for my opinion to matter? Yeah. Well, and the answer is localization, small government. Sure. Um, like I say, I mean, it's not like a, like we're not there. Like, mm. um, no, we're completely. And we're not gonna, down. and we're not gonna vote our way there. So I mean, <laughs> it's not really a, a good answer, but but that's what that's the solution though. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, you, you at least have more control over your local government, and it's easier to leave your local vicinity. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a whole lot easier for me to leave the city of Daphne or leave Baldwin County than it is for me to leave the United States. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, a lot of people threatened to do when Trump, if Trump was elected. Yeah, but they didn't. And they didn't do it. <laughs> I, I think that anybody, like you should... You should really put your money in your where your mouth is if you're going to do stuff like that. Yeah, well, especially if you're like a big celebrity that's yeah. got like a big following and you're making those kind of statements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta follow through. Yeah, with man, that. go to Canada, yeah. live under Justin Trudeau's <laughs> government. <laughs> right, go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so there was somebody a, a while back that um, I was talking about moving with, and one of the things that I like one of the options was uh, like Vancouver or something. Yeah. And, um, and that was like, that was one of the ones where I put my foot down. I, I, when asked like my opinion of the places that we could move next year. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> that's, that's not happening. <laughs> not going to Canada. Nope. <laughs> I'll move to Colorado. That's not entirely of my liking, whatever. Yeah. Moved to Chicago. What? Not going to Canada. Not Canada. Yeah. No. no. I, I chose only the C's to choose from there. You see, uh -huh, yeah. Canada, Colorado, Chicago. Anyway, <laughs> of the three C's, one of them is not a contender. Yeah, so one of them is out. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Um, for so many reasons. So many reasons. Yeah. They re-elected Justin Trudeau. Anyway, <laughs> that guy's such a uh, waste. Um, I got other words for him, but I'm not going to use them on the He's not an impressive individual. He is definitely not an impressive individual. <laughs> so. Not what I want in an elite. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we got 10 or so minutes left, 10, 15 minutes. I, I did want to talk about, so we're not going to get to the question in, the Q and A that uh, yeah that the, we we can deal with that some other time yeah um, it's a nice evergreen actually let me throw that out there right now so 
my position on immigration is uh, for open borders. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's my, that's, that's yeah. my ideological position is open borders. Okay. So you, you all for implementing that in the current state of affairs? I think it's better than the alternative. Okay. Um, so all of you out there who are screaming at your speakers right now, <laughs> tell me why I'm wrong. Challenge my position. Send me an email, michael at thelibertymike.com. I will answer questions as to why the uh, open borders position is better than the alternative. I think the I am cur- more than I happy to do I think the current that. state of affairs is, is reason enough. The, the, the issues we're having in this country right now, a lot of them are directly the results of the, a, a border that's too open. And you think that the answer is somehow to increase government. Hey, I don't like it. I'm not saying I'm all for it. But they, if they government already, has They any, already have a border policy. It, if immigration gov- cannot be stopped. I'm not saying to stop it completely, but I'm saying have some kind of level of control over who's coming in this country. I mean, it, there already is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's still working. And it still doesn't work. Well, and just it, like it throwing could, more it, money it and be, more people at it is not going to anyway. So yeah. yeah. So, so this is obviously a contentious <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Here. And I would like to talk about this more because I, would I, I think I can, I can strongly defend my position. Yeah. Um, but those of you out there that disagree with me and you're like, you're thinking of all the ways that I'm wrong. Yeah. Send me an email, yeah. Michael at the Liberty I will pull everything out there that I can. Yeah. I mean, there's a time limit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I will answer uh, the the most difficult questions. Happy to do so. Um, yeah. On the podcast. On the podcast. Yes. Next week. All right. Let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah. So Michael at the Liberty Mike, send it to me. I will address it. Sounds like fun. Um, but the thing that I wanted to talk about before we ended today uh, was just more foreign policy stuff. Because, you know, we like to be antagonistic all over the world. And... Um, American support permits countries that don't have the power to defend themselves to be antagonistic against great big countries. Yeah. And so this has been going on for a while, but it doesn't get a lot of attention. And so I wanted to talk about the Philippines because the Philippines have been um, antagonizing the Chinese in the South China Sea. And I'm not saying that their claims are without merit. The Philippines claims are without merit. But yeah. one of the biggest uh, points of contention is a place called the Second Thomas Shoal, where the the uh, Philippines has grounded an old World War II landing craft on this atoll to make their claim. Um, they grounded this landing craft in 1999. That's not new. Okay. Uh, but now, you know, now they use it to make a claim on this island that's not really an island. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, what literally the- there's no land above water at high tide. So, I mean, it, it is a sandbar, essentially. Yeah. What, what do they want with it? What is, what is it, the... Um, it gives them control of a greater territory. You have like the exclusive economic zone around any... Cl- any legitimate claims that you make uh, on these islands. So um, other people can't fish the region or harvest resources and so forth. Gotcha. Okay. Um, And this, this area, um, this set of islands, the Spratly Island group, they're, 
is good fishing there, and um, there seems to be you know like hydro, uh, plenty of hydrocarbon energy under the surface, so oil and gas and so on. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I guess that's really the advantage is it, it expands their exclusive economic zone and it gives them a claim on the resources around this sandbar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now. This they they claim that it's part of their continental shelf. If you pull up the Google Earth view, you can see that it's not really yeah. a part of their continental shelf. As if they claim it. But they're not the only nation who claims territory in this same island group. Yeah. All right. So um China uh, Brunei, Vietnam, Malaysia, all these countries claim islands in this, in this group. Okay. And obviously the Philippines. Yeah. Now everybody else seems to be getting along. Okay. Yeah. Um, Brunei, Malaysia, Vietnam, they're getting along. Okay. With China they're, uh, over yeah. this. I mean, there's, there's territorial disputes. There's, yeah. I mean, but there's territorial disputes. Okay. So just as an example, um, territorial disputes, especially on this like exclusive economic zone kind of thing, um, happen between England and France and England and Germany and the U S and Canada and these, yeah. like these uh, things, so, these things come up. Yeah. Allies disagree about who controls particular waterways and, and so forth. Yeah. So, um, these other countries are, are getting along okay with China, despite the territorial disputes. And I would say that it's mostly because they value the economic um, integration that they have with China more than the sandbar that they're claiming. Yeah. And I keep saying sandbar. Some of these are like legitimate islands, but the Philippines one is not. <laughs> it's not, like, yeah. yeah. Second Thomas Shoal is not. It, it is literally completely underwater at high tide. Yeah. It is, it is, yeah. If you drove by at high tide, you would not know that there was an island. <laughs> yeah. That's how much of an island it is. Yeah. So... The real problem, though, here is that the U.S. Uh, has been very explicit about um, their mutual defense treaty that they have with the Philippines. And while there's been these disputes that have kind of led to some interesting little conflicts over the Second Thomas Shoal, mostly about the Philippines trying to resupply their 18 Marines or whatever they have on this listing <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm trying to get you to understand just how like shoestring an operation this, <laughs> this is uh, yeah. uh, on this listing uh, landing craft that they have um, beached on the atoll yeah. to make their claim. So they're keeping this thing. So I, I just assumed that it was when you said beach, that it was beached there and left. So it's like manned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, I, about that, I, did, I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's like, they have like twelve or eighteen marines or something okay. that are that are stationed there. Yeah. Um, and so they have resupplies that go in there and deliver the essentials and trade out people and That's, so on. Okay. Wow. Well, wow. so but when they're doing this, um, since China also claims the territory, uh, yeah. there has been some. Um, uh, I, I don't know. What, what do you call it when like two guys just like bow up to each other and you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean it's not a conflict exactly. There's some muscle but flexing. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some flexing. There you yeah. go. And uh so 
Um, China has Coast Guard vessels. This is another thing that's probably important to point out. It's not Chinese Navy. It's Chinese Coast Guard. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Right. Like, these things are close to each other. (laughs) Yeah. And and China's farther away from this place than, than the Philippines is, but China has territory that's... Yeah, pretty close. Close, yeah. Uh, so they, you know, Chinese vessels have um, in, in attempts to obstruct the, the resupply of the island. There's been some like minor bumps, um, yeah. ships hitting each other. Yeah. Um, China has fired water cannons <laughs> at, <laughs> yeah. at these ships. I that's actually I shouldn't laugh about that. That's no those water cannons are. Are yeah. serious, but yeah. the U.S. Mutual Defense Treaty says that if um, if another country uses weapons of war against the Philippines, that the U.S. will get involved. Which is the reason the water cannon so has water came cannons out. is not a weapon of war. <laughs> it's a weapon of fighting fire. Technically, uh, <laughs> the U.S. has no fire. reason at this point to um, to it's, trigger the. There's a lot of line thing. skirting going on here. Yeah, uh. but. The okay, so would the Philippines be um, this rebellious against China if the U.S. if they did not have a mutual defense treaty with the U.S. without question, like they wouldn't be. Like, what, yeah. what would be in it for them if they? Yeah, you know, this this fight would not be worthy. Exactly. Yeah. So then the other question is, because Biden has been, the Biden administration and Biden himself have been very vocal about this, that they would, um, that an attack on any Philippine vessel uh, in Philippine territorial waters as the U.S. defines them would trigger the Mutual Defense Treaty. Yeah. And so the question is, like, do Americans... Masking you out there. Yeah. Do Americans feel that it is worth going to war with China over the Philippines' claim on a sandbar? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, that's just... The, the thing that that's where it goes is just, like, wild. Yeah. That, that, we would, that we would risk the potential for nuclear war over, like, a territorial dispute. Yeah. Um, and, that and another country is happening. Not even that, us. That's just not even us. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's more to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the real problem. And that's the reason the founders talked about no entangling alliances is for just this type of situation right here. When you start getting into these entangled alliances, like there's nothing but trouble and nothing good for the people of this country. Um, because there's nothing like just like you just laid out. We have no dog in this hunt here. Like nothing yeah. good comes out of this for us whatsoever. Yeah. Well, and it, and it gets worse because the U.S. just ha- made an agreement with the Philippines to have access to four additional bases on the Philippines. Yeah. Um, now the U.S. I would say is really using this whole thing just to. Um, give them an excuse to uh, prepare for war in the South China Sea with China that they want. Yeah. Not really to defend the Philippines. Do you think in the end we really care about the Philippines? No, we, we care about our own position. Yeah. Um, we care about the imperial United States yeah. and uh, whether we have military control over every part of the globe. Yeah. But look at it from China's side. All right. 
So China and the Philippines are having this little territorial dispute over islands and sea lanes in the South China Sea. Yeah. It's literally named the South China Sea. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not really relevant, but it seems like a it seems point relevant to make. though, yeah. <laughs> now, so what China sees though is the US, well, so you got this tiny little country antagonizing them. Um and the US saying that they're ready to go to war over this yeah. and moving resources over there and occupying additional bases right near next to China. Now, what's the Chinese reaction? Do you think that the Chinese reaction would be to back well, down? Yeah, we got we better reduce our military and stop fooling around with this tiny little nation over the sandbar. No. Absolutely. No, the answer not. is Oh hell, the US is getting ready to attack us. Yeah, absolutely. We better build up our military. Exactly. Well, and and it wouldn't make sense. No different if if Russia or China or one of these countries started building up off our coast. Yeah, if there was some dispute between Cuba and um, the U.S. over the Florida Keys yeah. or something, and Russia started putting bases next to Cuba and saying, we're ready to defend Cuba's claims over the Keys. Yeah. You were saying something? <laughs> yeah. Didn't think cut off? Yeah, I don't remember what I was saying now. Yeah. Uh, some response to if um, if uh, Cuba was making claims on the keys and Russia oh. defended their position and yeah, like we would not stand for that. There's no way yeah. we would stand for that. You want to talk about people rallying to the flag? Like this country would rally to the flag in a hurry over that. We're not having China come start like taking getting into our disputes here locally. Yeah, but what we got to remember is the Chinese people feel the same way. Yeah. Like they're not they're not gonna take and not just Chinese, like it's Chinese in this perspective, but like the same thing with Ukraine and Russia, like all of these are all conflicts that mm-hmm. we just that we don't we don't need to be bothered in. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't be a world empire if you don't insert yeah. yourself into every little conflict everywhere though. Yeah, well exactly. And that's that, like and I just sometimes I wonder if people like really realize like how like down the rabbit hole we are as far as like our empire is concerned. Mm-hmm. Well, we've gone a long way toward the, it seems to me that the U S government has recognized the problem that if Americans are dying, people get tired of the war really fast. Yeah. So now instead we just pump money into insurgencies or rebellions in places Using the local population. Yeah. Not that that's new exactly. I mean, you know, World War I, um, the British and the Germans were both pulling Arabs out of the Middle East and, um, you know, people out of North Africa to fight against each other on behalf of the Germans and the British. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't... A new concept. Yeah, this isn't a new thing exactly, but the, the U.S. has... Uh, moved towards uh, backing conflicts rather than maintaining them yeah. personally, I suppose. And just as a side note to kind of close things out here, um, the there's a lot of talk about the gutting of the U.S. military. Yeah. 
Yeah, you hear that oh, all you the hear time. It a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, that oh well, you know, we've reduced the military. And, we've reduced uh, the military. Obama was accused of that. Like yeah. that was the big accusation from Republicans against Obama is he's gotten the military. Yeah, but the truth is that military costs keep going up and up and up and up and up. And the problem isn't actually that the military is any smaller; it's that the official military is smaller. Yeah. So the guys that are actually employed directly by the U.S. government, there's fewer of them. Yeah. Now a lot of the jobs that used to be done are uh, contracted out yeah. Yeah. to private companies within the U.S. Yeah. I mean, it's still Americans fighting. So It's still at, taxpayer money being moved around. And it's, it's more taxpayer different. money being moved around also. Like yeah. it's, it's more expensive yeah. than the the paying the government because just how government contracts work. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, for example, what did they say? There were like 7,000 people, uh, American servicemen that died in Iraq, something Maybe. like that. I, like I don't know the numbers. I, I want to say that it was like something like 7,000 servicemen that died in Iraq. And, um, but if you include us contractors, military contractors in that number, it more than doubles. Wow. So it's, it's something like 15,000, U.S. personnel yeah. died in the conflict in Iraq. Just more than half of them were not directly employed by the Pentagon. Yeah. They were contractors. That's just wild. Yeah. Well, I feel like the big thing that, that we as libertarians and just people who are anti-war in general, is the, the big pitch we have to make to the American people is that how much poorer we are in this country due to the empire that we're trying to support across the world. Yeah. Like that's really like, that's the point that's got to be drive driven home mm -hmm. is that, you know, this, what this, the crazy stuff we're doing, like what you just laid out in the Philippines, like that makes us poorer here at home. Yeah. Um, because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and put aside how much dangerous things become, you know, mm -hmm. as far as like the world at large. Yeah. Our, our support of the Philippine Philippines doesn't keep China in check. It doesn't make the world safer. It doesn't no. make the Philippines safer. It sure yeah. as hell doesn't make us safer. No. Um, it, it actually makes the whole world more dangerous. Exactly. Because it's just another flashpoint for potential flashpoint for a real serious conflict between Absolutely. major powers with thermonuclear weapons. Exactly. Over something, yeah. over a sandbar. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, I want to see one of those, like the documentary, like reality shows of, of life on the sandbar mm -hmm. on that little ship that's <laughs> done out there. That, that would be the, that, I don't know. I think that would be a cool little thing to watch. That man. might be interesting. Actually. That would be interesting. Like they have some camera crew spend a week there, like just watching the, the comings and goings of what's going on. on Can the we sandbar. copyright that idea right here? So like yeah. anybody who has that is planning to do that. Now you got to pay us. Hey, right. We, we deserve royalties <laughs> for that. Yeah. All right. Or at least, uh, at least Liberty Larry does. Yeah, I just think it would be cool, man. I'd watch it. <laughs> I'm hoping you would share. I, I, yeah. I have at least partial rights to any claims you make on this podcast. On this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, that cuts both it's ways. It's part of our buddy. contract. It's in the contract. Yeah. I'm going to have to pull that contract. <laughs> Time uh, to renegotiate. <laughs> all right. Well, um, let's go ahead and wrap it up since yeah. we've already had a, a recorder fail. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Hopefully we can, we'll fix that. Nobody will even know. Except that I said Except that you announced it. Yeah. (laughs) So getting back into it is always tough. So like, what were we talking about before? Ah, you guys, the gold you guys missed (laughs) when the recorder (laughs) wasn't working. (laughs) That's how it always goes. Yeah. You should have heard that the brilliance that was on display. Oh, well, that could not be reproduced. Yeah. (laughs) You'll have to tune in next week. So maybe Ah. you'll catch it again. So, um, as far as I know, should there's nothing good. going on, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, we should be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook. You can subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean. Like and share, comment, subscribe. Uh, email me your um, arguments about immigration, michael at thelibertymike.com, or anything else that you want to yeah, send me. Yeah, blow him up on that one. <laughs> Just saying. I'll address it. I'm yeah. happy to address it. I... I I feel like I'm prepared to yeah. answer these questions. Fair enough. May not like the answers. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm ready to answer. <laughs> All right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week when we finally get this right. And in the meantime, try to stay free. Life short, live free. Ciao. Later. Later.